You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you as always for another episode, episode 217 on this Thursday morning here in Australia. As always, hope you've had an amazing week. And as always, I want to thank you and appreciate having you here supporting the podcast. Hopefully we can help you with the mindsets and skill sets on the pathway to financial freedom. Now, today I do want to pivot. I want to talk about the financial side of things. As always, we like to go between both sides of the coin. As far as financial freedom, we've got to make money and then we need to know how to take care of it, how to put it to work and how to invest it so that we're creating assets, so that we're creating wealth loops, so that we're creating true financial freedom. And I was having a a really great conversation with a friend the other day and they're ready to start investing, which is awesome. We're having a great conversation. They've got an amount of money, a nest egg essentially, put together and they're ready to take that leap. And of course, there's some fear and trepidation uh, with taking that leap, of course, for everyone. And we're just having that little bit of a conversation of, you know, I hear a lot of people who've invested and lost everything. And this is, you know, a lot of money that we're ready to put to work, but there's still going to be that fear. And that fear obviously holds a lot of people back. It stops a lot of people from taking that leap. The fear of loss is often bigger than the excitement of the gain, the potential gain. The fear of loss is just bigger for people. So we're just talking about what are the big reasons that most people lose? Because yes, investing has risk. Yes, everything has risk. Yes, driving down the street has risk. Eating food has risks. Drinking water, you know, all the things we do, everything in life, there's always going to be risks. But can we do certain things to reduce the amount of risk? Because if we can reduce the risk, we can get a higher potential for gains, a higher potential for success without the fear. And in the words of Warren Buffett, really, you know, the best way to reduce risk is to know what you're doing. Education is the best way to reduce risk. People talk about all these other things and techniques and strategies. It's really just about education. So we're just looking at the common three mistakes that people make when they invest. And so I wanted to share that on the podcast today, because if you can avoid these three mistakes, obviously, uh, you have a greater chance of succeeding. The One of the best ways to have success is just look at what um, fail, people who fail do, be, like look at their mistakes and then do the opposite. And that's really what I've spent most of my life doing is just looking at what broken, unhappy people are doing and then saying, right, well, I'm going to do the opposite. And there's a high chance that I won't be broken, unhappy later on in life if I do the opposite of what broken, unhappy people are doing. So, Let's go. What are the top three things that I see that stop people making money that they invest or or cause them to lose a lot of money? Now, I will just say as well, like when we say lose money, yes, it doesn't matter how good you are investing. There's always going to be the risk that you can lose some amount of money. And all great investors will tell you they don't they rarely even hit on 50% of their of their investments, but they have fantastic money management strategies. So, they take small losses and get out. So the things that aren't working, they just take that small loss and move on. The uh, the ones that win, and it might only be two in every 10, three in every 10, but the ones that hit, the ones that win are enormous, and they just take the small losses on the other. And it's the same in building your business. You know, people are going to come in, and most of them won't really do anything, but the handful of people that do a lot, 
make up for all the people that don't do a little bit. You don't need to hit on 100% and no one ever does. No People, no matter what the product, no matter what the system, no matter who the person you're talking with, no one gets 100% right. They just know it's a numbers game. It's an average game. It's a percentage game. And that's how we find great leaders. That's how we build a great business. And that is also how we invest. Super quickly, andrewlogan.net slash shift. We've got a free leadership event coming up next weekend. Okay, so we're going to talk about all those sorts of things to do with leadership as well. So if you go to andrewlogan.net slash shift, all the details are there. It's going to be next Saturday, 4 p.m. New York time. Free event. Okay, no charge, no like sign up or anything like that. Just going to be doing it on my Facebook page and in our Facebook group. So you can follow along there. Would love to have you here. But let's just get back to what we're talking about here. So how do people avoid losing everything? Because that was sort of, you know, the big concern of the this friend had spoken to some people and they'd lost everything investing. How do you lose all the money that you invested the shirt off your back? And the biggest number one thing is that they don't know what they're doing. As we said before, when Warren Buffett says the best way to reduce risk is to know what you're doing, most people, it's not really even that they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're buying. So they're speculating. They don't know how, okay, if I put $10,000 into this, how am I going to get my money back? What is going to come back? How do I get it out? They don't actually know the answers to those questions. And with anything, it's always good to know what the end in mind is. Like, what's the end goal? And then let's reverse engineer from here. So if we're going to invest in anything, we need to know how we're going to get our money back. How does this actually make us money? And most people invest with the hope that they can sell it later at a higher price. If I buy $10,000 of stock ABC, hopefully I can sell it for $20,000 later. But there's no knowledge of how that's going to work. How does the stock price go up? What you know? What are the market forces and all that that are going to cause this to happen? Or what happens if I just hold this stock? Are there dividends? Are there you know, rent? Again, when we talk about property, are you holding on the property for the rent and the annual income, the cash flow that comes from that? Or are you just buying sort of land, hoping that it goes up in value? Now, I have spoken to you guys on the podcast and, and shared this and you know, it's not something I share like openly all the time, but yes, we do have a couple of speculations. We've got some overseas international, you know, beachfront land on a little island in the South Pacific. Um, and we've got some stocks in, um, you know, some money in, in a stock, a very a, an electric vehicle startup, right? They're the two that are very speculative. And we know that. And we went into that knowing that they represent about two and a half percent of our like total investment strategy, our total investment budget. So 95% is in basic vanilla stuff and we know exactly what's going on. We know exactly how it's going to make money. We know exactly what to do. The other 5%, it's split up in a couple of speculations and we've got a pretty good idea of what's going on, but we don't really have much control. They're, they're very speculative sort of grand slam home run hits, but hey, if they hit, they're going to be really, really cool. If not, you know what? That's annoying but we lost a very small percentage of our overall budget. So if you don't know what you're doing, you need to figure that out before you put a cent in. Do not ever buy anything that you don't understand how it works. If you don't understand how it works, if you don't understand how you're going to get your money out of it, if you don't understand how it actually becomes, goes from a liability to an asset and actually puts money in your pocket, then you're not ready to put that money in. Now, yes, there's FOMO. Yes, there's, oh, you know, like I could miss the boat, all that kind of stuff. 
the greatest investment ever shows up about once a week. You know, there's there's always the next best amazing investment ever in stocks, in property, all that kind of stuff. It's always good to spend a little bit of time and money educating ourselves, reducing the risk through education, knowing where to put our money, knowing how to structure ourselves, and knowing how the investment works. It's always better to put the money there first than throwing $10,000 at something and hope. You know, if you need hopium every single day to get through your investment, it's not a really good investment and we just need to move on. So number one, pretty obvious one. We've gone through this one a few times, but it is the major reason why most people struggle with investing. Second one, this is a really, really big one. Most people, when they invest, they come in late and they come in heavy and that's why they lose more than just the shirt off their back. And what I mean by that is a lot of times, especially with bubbles, and we've seen a lot of bubbles recently, but a lot of times, you know, by the time the media kind of gets onto property in this area is booming, by the time media jumps on, you know, have you heard about this company? Have you heard about this asset? Have you heard about this new currency? All those sorts of things. By the time the media gets on, it's like, you, you probably, you, you, you're late. You're very, very late to the party. Now, what people tend to do then is because they're late, they come in heavy. And in the same way as, you know, when we were young and we were all doing young, stupid things, it's the people who arrive late to the party who tended to be the drunkest and loudest, right? They came in late, so they showed up really drunk and really loud to sort of make an entrance. Um, and then things went wrong. Right? They, a lot of things went very, very wrong because they came in late and they came in heavy. People do that with investing as well. And that's what happened with the global financial crisis. That's what happened with every bubble in the history of the universe. People come in and they're like, oh, you know, I missed that run up there. I missed it from when it went from $1 to $10,000. It's now at $15,000. So I'm going to come in super heavy. I'm going to come in with everything instead of coming in with 10%. 5%, you know, it's 20% of their investment budget. They come in with 100% because they're trying to make up for lost time. Like if I can, it's it's like when, again, it's like when we're at university and at school and you forgot to study for an exam. And so you come in really heavy the night before and, you know, you're using all the caffeine and sugar in the world to keep yourself awake and you're doing all these things. And what happens afterwards? You have this almighty crash. Right, And people would do that through university. I put my hand up. I did it all the time. I was very disorganized at university. And you would get right to the night before the exam. And then you're like, right, I've got to study heavy and hard. And I'm going to drink all the Red Bulls in the world to keep myself awake and just pull an all-nighter, hit the exam. And then what happens is that I would crash out hard. And of course, because I'm crashing out hard, I then sleep through the next day. And then the next exam is on. It's like, well, I had 48 hours to prepare for this next exam. And I wasted 24 of it recovering from the last one. And I just put myself back into the same stupid situation because I was young and stupid and all those sorts of things. But most people who really lose a lot in investing, that's exactly why they've come in late and they're like, oh, I'm going to, I don't want to miss this boat and the, the FOMO and all those emotions kick in and they put far more than they should into an investment knowing that they, you know, missed the boat instead of just saying, okay, you know what? I missed that one, but in another week, something else will pop up and I can come in with patience. I can come in with conservative money management. I can come in with smart financial principles and all those sorts of things. As soon as the emotions kick in, 
that's when things go really, really, really wrong. And especially when we're so emotional that we overextend, we over leverage. Now, there are things like options. There are there are things called leverage. There are things called CFDs. I'm not going to talk about any of them because this is not financial advice, but there are instruments out there that allow you to create a lot of leverage to essentially put a, you know 10% of your money in and get 10 times the amount of control in the market. And I'm, I'm definitely not recommending these. Do not take these as recommendations. Take these as enormous red flag warnings because again, that's where people go wrong. They come in heavy and they come in with leverage. They come in with margin lending and all that sort of stuff because when bubbles are starting to unfold and people are coming in and it's like, this thing's gonna keep going to the moon. And so they come in and they just come in with like, all right, well, I got 50,000 to invest, but because I came in late, I'm gonna use a margin loan against my house. I'm gonna leverage it at five to one, all those sorts of things. And so they put $250,000 when they only got $50,000 to invest. And then it comes backwards and they don't just lose $50,000, they lose $250,000. They lose all their investment and they lose half their home as well. And that is an absolute tragedy, but we see it all the time. That was one of the big things that brought down the whole world in the GFC is that people weren't just investing their own money, they were investing leveraged money. They were getting margin loans against their home because the house prices kept going up. So they were convinced, well, they're going up, they'll just keep going up, keep going up so I can borrow against the equity in my house because it's gonna keep going up, I can always refinance. And then I'm gonna use that money that I've borrowed and margin loan it into the stock market because the stock market just keeps going up. And of course, one domino falls, the next domino falls and people are losing, their house is going down in value, their stocks are going down in value and they have, you know, they've, they've got themselves into these horrible, horrible situations and they lost everything. So do not come in late, do not come in heavy and never touch leverage unless you truly, 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 truly know what you are doing and you are educated by a smart financial person. You are not just watching a few YouTube videos or attending one weekend seminar and then diving in hot and heavy with leveraged instruments because they are in the financial world and again, in the words of Warren Buffett, weapons of mass destruction. CFDs, CFOs, like CDOs, all those sorts of things, not CFOs, CDOs, all those sorts of things, right? They are weapons of mass destruction in the wrong hands. Uh, you need to be so, so careful with them. All right, final one, last one, number three, and we did sort of touch on it before, impatience. If you are truly an investor, you are buying with the intention of not doing anything for the next five to 10 years. If you are a trader, you're in and out in a day or two. You're in and out in a week or two. If you're speculating, you're hoping to see a return in three, six, 12 months, stuff like that. If you're investing, you should be investing for the long term. And if you know what you're doing and you're coming in with smart money management and strong emotions, that means that you have patience. Now let's take the S&P for example. So the S&P Standard & Poor's 500 tracks the top 500 companies in America. Now, you know, they, they move in and out a little bit if you're, you know, 499 and you drop out, another new one comes in, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is if the S&P, if you bought the S&P with patience, because you're like, you know what, I believe in the American company and I believe in, you know, like the American economy, I should say, I believe in 
that a basket of 500 companies together should withstand most things and they're big companies in the American commerce and industry and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to have patience and I know how I'm going to get my money out of that because I'm going to get a percentage of the dividends of all these sorts of things. Again, not investment advice, just a hypothetical situation. But if you bought that the day before the GFC, the day before the GFC, okay? But you knew, you know what? I haven't overextended myself. I haven't come in overly leveraged. I haven't come in hot and heavy or late. I trust that the top 500 companies in America will withstand a few... You know, some of these have been going for hundreds of years. They've withstood other things. I'm, I'm confident that I can see this through and I've got the money management strategies and I've got the, you know, the money left over on the side because I haven't committed 100% of my money to one thing. And if you did that, even though we went through the biggest global financial crisis of our generation and multiple generations, the biggest global financial crisis we've seen in decades, if not centuries, today, your money would have tripled over tripled because it did it has come back a little bit six months ago you were at three and a half almost four times what you could have bought it for right before the gfc that is a matter of patience one of the reasons angie and i use property predominantly and we do have stocks etc but we predominantly use property because it forces us to be patient can't go out and do stupid things can't go out and do stupid things with property because you can't buy a property and then six weeks later sell it again. Like that's just nuts. There's too much paperwork involved in that kind of thing. We use property because it keeps us patient. It's like, you know what? Is this property still going to be standing in 10 years time? Do we think it's a good town or a community, all that kind of stuff where we'll continue to be able to rent it out in 10 years time? Yep. Awesome. Okay. Let's buy it. And there's nothing we can do then. You sign 12 months leases with your tenant, so you're not allowed to do anything for 12 months, all those sorts of things. You know, I like property because it forces my emotions to be patient. When I have stocks and I can check them every day on my phone, yeah, I, you know, I can get a little bit impatient. And that's why, again, our stock portfolio is like over in structures that we can't touch anyway. We put it into some sort of, you know, long-term trusts and structures that we're not allowed to really touch. So the stocks go in there again, and they're companies that we would want to hold for 10, 20, 50 years. And we put them into long-term structures so that I can't touch them. They're just going to sit there and the dividends, you know, roll over and, and we create those wealth loops in there as well. So make sure you know what you're doing. Have your education in place. Do not come in late. Do not use leveraged instruments. Do not come in hot and heavy, especially if you don't know what you're doing. But never, ever, ever, ever commit more than you know, 10, 15, 20% into one single trade, one single thing. Make sure that you sit there and say, okay, I'm not going to come in with 100%. I'm not going to come in with 150, 200% leverage, all that kind of stuff. But just because I missed this one, I'm going to come back. I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to learn from the past. I'm going to understand the history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. So I'm going to look at the history of that trade. And then I'm going to look forward and find other things that like are rhyming, are looking similar. And I'm going to come in with patience. I'm going to come in with smart money strategies. And from there, I'll be able to create these great investments. I'll be able to come in and create great freedom for our family because I'm going to avoid these top three mistakes that most people make. So I hope that helps. I hope you got value out of that. As always, I hope it's helped you with your money mindset, with your money strategies, all those sorts of things so that you can go out and have great success 
in your investing in the financial world and create more freedom in your advice. As always, again, remember, this isn't financial advice. These are just hypotheticals. This is experience. This is knowledge. This is you gaining extra knowledge and gaining extra education. Do not ever put a single cent into anything that you haven't done your own research and make sure it's the right investment for you. You know exactly what you're doing. You know how it's going to give you money. You know how you can get your money back out. All those sorts of things. Never take a stock pick because you know some guy at work reckons it's a great thing. Check all your voice for yourself. You know, Do your own education. Do your own checks. And then if it's a good thing for you, go in with smart money management strategies. Control your emotions and you should have great success in the long term if you follow those rules. Hope you have an amazing week. As always, guys, hope you have an amazing weekend and we'll see you for another podcast episode on Monday. Catch you then. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.